0: This is Dr. Edward Gaber. This is the first of two podcasts on dementia. There are many types of dementia. The most common is Alzheimer's disease. 5.8 million people, or 11.4% of people, over 64 in the United States have Alzheimer's disease. It is the sixth leading cause of death in the United States. Costs related to Alzheimer's disease care in the United States are estimated at $549 billion a year. The incidence of dementia is 1% at 65 years old, approximately 3% at 70, 6% at 75, 12% at 80, 25% at 85, and 50% after 90 years old. But there's still hope for us all. The nun study showed that many nuns who were teachers and scholars were still sharp mentally at 90 despite brain scans showing anatomical atrophy of the brain. So participating in intellectually stimulating or social activities can keep our brains young. The opposite is also true lower educational attainment, and social isolation are risk factors for dementia. 30 years of brain research has shown that we can still get new brain cells even in our 90s by learning new physical routines, such as new sports and skills with our hands, playing a new instrument, or routines such as ballroom dancing, or memorizing a tai chi kata also we can prevent vascular dementia by not smoking or abusing alcohol by taking your cholesterol lowering drugs and keeping diabetes and hypertension in good control multiple studies have shown real brain shrinkage in alcoholics exercise is good for the brain and can not only help memory but also depression Preventing head injuries when exercising is important. Getting sufficient sleep and getting checked for sleep apnea, which can kill brain cells, and I believe is a common cause of progressive cognitive decline. Hearing aids can also prevent the well-documented cognitive decline from hearing loss. Get vitamins obtained best by eating many different colored vegetables. Lutein can help memory. Caffeine drinkers have less dementia and less Parkinson's disease. There are studies that too much copper intake can lead to dementia, but a small amount of copper intake is important for our red cell production. There is a lot of controversy on whether aluminum causes dementia, as Alzheimer's brains contain more aluminum, self-rising flour powdered coffee creamers, pickles, spray deodorants containing aluminum may increase our brain aluminum. The normal aging brain. We must distinguish dementia from normal aging. If a patient says they have memory problems and they can describe specific instances, it is usually not dementia. If the family says the patient has memory problems It usually is dementia. Age-associated memory impairment is common, causing slowing of recall. This type of impairment does progress as people age. What does not progress is difficulty in learning new things. As once learned, They are not forgotten as people age. Forgetting where one put their car keys and forgetting names is not a sign of dementia. Thinking for a moment about where you are, but getting lost a lot is not dementia. Occasionally searching for word is not dementia. Frequent pauses to find words and substitutions for the word may be a sign of mild cognitive impairment or dementia. Ability to pay attention for a sustained period may be lost, but the ability to briefly focus on something is not lost. Multitasking may become difficult. In deciding what is normal, we give weight to intact social skills as opposed to patients who are socially withdrawn and with inappropriate behavior. Mild cognitive impairment. About 15% of patients after 70 have mild cognitive impairment, MCI, with some problems with short-term memory, language, or multitasking. But they are independent and functioning well. But it may take more time and effort for them to complete their tasks. They can repeat short lists of items and do simple math. Cognitive testing is recommended by the American Academy of Neurology only if the patient or their close contacts voice concern about their memory. The mini mental exam can often not distinguish mild cognitive impairment from dementia. The 10-minute Montreal Cognitive Assessment, M-O-C-A, is better, with 100% sensitivity and and 87% specificity. Most of these mild cognitive impairment patients deteriorate to dementia within eight years and 50% within three years. However, mild cognitive impairment can be non-progressive and even reversible if it is from depression, medications, or acute illness. One study showed the inability to smell peppermint is a predictive of progression to dementia. But trouble with the sense of smell can occur in Alzheimer's disease and Lewy body dementia, but also in Parkinson's disease. Early recognition of dementia. It is important to recognize mild cognitive impairment and dementia early as careful planning of living arrangements and financial affairs can minimize crises in the future. Driving abilities and judgment can be formally assessed by a professional, which takes away some of the family's emotional burden of taking away the car keys. Fall prevention and other safety issues should be considered. A multidisciplinary approach can give comprehensive care, dieticians, geriatric psychiatrists, clinical nurse specialists with home health care, occupational, physical, and speech therapists, neurologists can all contribute. Stabilization and delayed decline and symptomatic benefit can be seen with cholinesterase inhibitors, donepezil, galantamine, rivastigmine. These drugs may lower the heart rate and should be used with caution with cardiac or blood pressure drugs that cause bradycardia and with succinylcholine or bathenacol. Memantine is an MDNA receptor antagonist approved only for moderate to severe Alzheimer's disease, but three trials have shown stabilization and cognitive benefits even in mild Alzheimer's disease. There are clinical benefits also noted on studies combining cholester- cholinesterase inhibitors with Memantine, which is also called in the MEMDA. Diagnosing dementia. Memory impairment is no longer a prerequisite for dementia, but asking the patient what month and year it is, if they know where they are, and if they know their name and the name of a family member in the room is important. More important than checking memory is to ask the family about the patient's daily functioning. Can they do their usual household tasks or function as well at their job if they're still working? Can they find their way around or do they get lost a lot? Patients with dementia will have decreased function in two or more of the six cognitive domains, complex attention, executive function, learning and memory, language, perceptual motor function and social cognition. They may have apraxia and not be able to do a skill or complex tasks they've always done with their hands at work or home. They can no longer fix meals or play their musical instrument. They may have poor judgment and impaired reasoning, trouble handling their bank account, trouble planning or organizing. They may have difficulty finding words, aphasia, and difficulty naming or recognizing objects or faces. Paranoia, stubbornness, agitation, and anxiety can occur demonstrating a real personality change. They may be unaware of their own emotions. They may have reduced insight. They can't learn or remember new information. Alzheimer's disease. Approximately 70% of dementia is from Alzheimer's disease. The usual onset of Alzheimer's disease is slow and insidious, but there is a variant involving more than the usual hypocanthal atrophy that can speed up deterioration. Even in early Alzheimer's disease, we can see a decrease in the blood flow of the temporal parietal areas on FDG fluorodeoxyglucose PET scans. and These PET scans can differentiate Alzheimer's disease from frontal temporal dementia. An amyloid PET scan can also be obtained, but 70% of patients older than 65 with a positive amyloid scan and normal cognition never develop dementia in their lifetime. The EEG shows a slow pattern in Alzheimer's disease. An MRI, if the patient will cooperate, should be done with contrast, if the kidney function is normal, to rule out chronic infection and the memory problems and cognitive dysfunction in some patients with multiple sclerosis to look for normal pressure hydrocephalus, brain tumors, or strokes. Atrophy in the hippocampus is not always from a Alzheimer's disease. Early onset dementia is a dominant trait passed on to 50% of their children. If one first degree relative has late onset dementia, the patient has an increased risk, relative risk, 1.73 of dementia. That is weaker than the risk of being homozygous for the apolipoprotein e Epsilon-4 gene, a genetic risk factor for late-onset Alzheimer's disease. However, one can still get Alzheimer's disease without having this gene, and having this gene does not mean one will get Alzheimer's disease. As Apo E, E4 has a 53% sensitivity and a 67% specificity for identifying patients who will progress from mild cognitive impairment to Alzheimer's disease dementia. 23% of people in the world have one copy of APOE E4 and 2% have two copies. In a patient older than 60, those with one copy of APOE E4 allele have a 14 to 17 percent chance of dementia and a 21 to 26 percent chance of dementia or mild cognitive impairment. Those with two copies have a 30 to 40 percent chance of dementia and a 37 to 47 percent chance of dementia or mild cognitive impairment those with no copies have a 5 to 7% chance of dementia and a 12 to 16% chance of dementia or mild cognitive impairment. A spinal tap should be considered in patients younger than 55 who have dementia to rule out vasculitis, cancers, neurosyphilis, or other brain infections or infestations discussed in my next podcast. The spinal fluid can show decreased amyloid B1-42 increased and increased phosphorylated tau protein but negative results do not rule out Alzheimer's disease dementia. Patients young and old should have HIV testing as HAND HIV associated neurocognitive disorder can cause cognitive impairment in one out of 50. Get frank dementia. A study from Rotterdam in the 1990s indicated that diabetic individuals were almost two times more likely to develop dementia. It is also noted that 80% of Alzheimer's disease patients have type 2 diabetes. Accumulation of extracellular amyloid proteins is found in both diabetes and Alzheimer's disease. Decreased receptor binding of insulin or insulin resistance has been found in the brains of Alzheimer's patients and this leads to accumulation of amyloid plaques and the presence of intracellular neurofibrillary tangles. This is why Alzheimer's disease has been called type three diabetes. Dementia patients, negative for APOE4, given 20 units of intranasal insulin, had improved story recall and improved learning. Intranasal insulin had no effect on patients with Alzheimer's disease homozygous for APOE4 and non-demented patients, and when given daily did not show the gradual decline of Alzheimer's disease. In Dementia Podcast number two, I'll discuss the other types of dementia, including Lewy body dementia, frontal temporal dementia, Parkinson's disease, and normal pressure hydrocephalus, in the many mimics of dementia including delirium and depression. I hope this podcast has been helpful.